This youth month, Reach for Dream and 5FM teamed up to make 30 dreams come true in 30 days. 5FM supports the 100th centenary celebration of the Nelson Mandela Be the Legacy campaign. Find the, the Madiba in yeah, youth. Teamed up with 5, uh, 5FM and uh, Reach for Dream uh, to uh, fulfill a dream. And uh, we're up to uh, day 24. We're going to be doing this right through until next Saturday on Hammond Time during the week and on a cup of JT on the weekends. Uh, today's story is about Lija. She is a 16-year-old girl and um, she was diagnosed in 2013 with chronic liver disease. And we're chatting to her mom this morning, Ntabi Singh. Ntabi Singh, welcome to a cup of JT and 5FM. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Lija and your family. Uh, my family, I've got... Lama Kosi, <laughs> who is 23, and then the second born is Maria Homo, she turned 16, and Rampo, who is 14. I'm a widow. Their dad passed away in 2016 after a long illness, so it's just us, and we stay with my cousins. You're a widow, and your, your husband passed away. How did yes. that affect you and your family? You know what? Because he was sick for about six months, he was, was in he was in ICU for six months. Okay. So it was a very, very difficult time for me. But this is when I saw that my children were the strongest people ever on earth. <laughs> because I think they were stronger than I was. Because I, I was there fighting for them, trying to make sure that at whatever cost he leaves. I remember one time they sat me down, especially Malika home. The one who's, uh, she, I have a daughter who's got a liver condition. Mm. Basically, my, my family has been sick, all of them. My, my, my daughter, Lama Homo, has got a total liver failure. Uh, Rampo, when she, he was younger, he had epilepsy. So when they spoke to me, they said to me, you know what? God has given you miracles. So we both are uh, the two miracles. Maybe with daddy, at some point, you you need to let go and let God decide. Mm. It, it was very touching from children. I, I never thought a child would be that radical or see it that way. Because I, I was fighting. I wanted him here at all costs, you know. Mm. And the sad part was when we thought he was okay, he would then, when he moved from the ICU to a general ward, when we thought, ah, he's okay now. That's when he passed on. It sounds like you've been through so much. I yeah. mean, just with with your husband and that, and now with um, with your daughter, who's got this chronic liver disease. Mm. How, how does that now affect the whole family? Actually, she was uh, discovered in 20... When she was 11 years old. So she's 16 now. Mm. So her dad was there with me. Okay. So I think when she when she was discovered, she was just sick and she was sort of gaining weight. She then she was a plumpy child. Mm. So everybody thought, ah, she, there's nothing. She's just a first child. You know how doctors are. Yeah. You go there and say, I don't think this is my child. I don't think her shoes are fitting her anymore. Mm. I don't like this stomach. Her stomach is getting bloated. They're like, no, it's a, a bowel, irritable bowel syndrome. Mm. No, she's just fat. I think the the last time when 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 I took her to the doctor, they said, "Oh, she's just gained weight. I'll I'll transfer you, and then I'll get somebody to put her on a diet." Then I said, "I don't think that I'm very stubborn, you know." I just said, mm-hmm. "I don't think it's just weight." So he said, "Okay, I'll I'll book her. You must go and do an X-ray and see what's wrong with her." When I got home, I think on the Monday, she was going up and down. 
she was throwing up blood. Like, and she, being the strong child that she is, she was cleaning it up. So I, was, I asked her, why are you going up and down? What's wrong? She said, no, I just threw up blood so, and I cleaned it. I'm like, don't clean so that I can see. Then I took her to the doctor. And then I think that's when she passed out. So I phoned, my husband was still alive then. I phoned him. I'm like, yo, the doctor says this child is very sick. I'm going to the hospital so you'll find me in hospital. I got to hospital. The doctor looked at me and he's like, the child must go straight to the ward. We get to the ward. And then I can see the these numerous x-rays and everything and you can see when everybody's panicking Mm. and fortunately as we go for x-rays i can sort of read and i could see there was a point where they were concentrating on and i asked them what what's wrong what do you think is wrong the the lady who was doing the the son and the x-rays looked at me and said no the doctor will explain it to you so the doctor comes to me says mommy i think her liver is damaged and i don't think she'll live to see the following day I'm like what? Like okay, I didn't cry. I didn't do. I'm like okay. My husband was very weak. He cried and did everything. He was very <laughs> traumatic. He was very traumatized. Yeah. So we sat in there and I'm like okay. Then they ran test the whole day and they were not giving her anything. I'm like so you're not giving her anything. They're like no, we can't do anything. At night they took her to the um, ICU, the adult ICU. So she was screaming and crying. And I could see she was not conscious. Then the doctor said, you know what? I just be prepared for the worst. Then I was prepared for the worst. Sure. You know, yeah. I just psyched myself, prayed and did whatever I can. Came back home and slept. And the following morning, I didn't have a call the whole night. So I thought, okay, no call, good news. I got there. She was passed out. The doctor says, no, she hasn't woken up. She's not better. Is, okay, I don't know what to do anymore. I've, spoke, I've called the Donald Gordon people. They are liver specialists, so if she wakes up, we'll, take, we'll transfer her there. At 2 o'clock, I think, in the afternoon, she opened her eyes, and the doctor couldn't believe how she opened her eyes. And then we, I took her to the to Donald Gordon. When we got there, I think it was on a Wednesday, they normally have their meetings on Wednesday. So they admitted her. And there, there was total panic also. And it was a whole group of professors and everyone standing in front of this little cubicle with a child. And in the end, they said to me, you know what, just sit in the waiting room, we'll call you. Then the nurse comes, and then I see her. But I could see that she wasn't okay. But she had, like, a lot of medication. So they explained to me, no, yes, it's confirmed she's got a total liver failure but we'll see what we can do. I went home. The following day, came back. When I walked into the ICU, I've never seen so much medication on the wall. I think the whole wall wall was covered with medication and drips and everything. There was just drips going into her, try her, hands her, everything. And then she had this catheter that had blood in it. I was like, okay. Yes, now, how do I how do I react, you know? I was like, but for some weird reason, I felt like, I think she's in good hands. The, the amount of medication means she's going to leave. She, she, was, she, she was very confused, but I, I could see now she could recognize me, she could recognize her dad. And then we said, they, and then the doctors came. Doctor, I, I remember Dr. Bolton said to me, 
your child has got a liver failure and you're going to do a transplant. I'm like, oh, okay. He looked at me. He said, did you hear what I said? I said, yeah, I heard you. Yeah, she, you said she has needs a transplant. He says, okay, he left. <laughs> the next minute, there's a psychologist coming to because I think the way I re- reacted, because I just felt like she was in a safe space. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I was feeling like, okay, somebody's taking control. Mm. But yeah, that, that's how it it went. And then the psychologist spoke to me. I'm like, no, no. He said, did you understand that the child is going to have a transplant? I'm like, yeah, no, I understood so the, the doctor that referred her said, you know what, I need her to go to the donor Gordon for a transplant. I'm giving her a second chance because she's still very young. For me, that meant she's going to get a second chance. So I asked, so what's going to happen? They're like, okay, we're going to do the workup. We're going to do everything. that We'll do all the work. And then she'll probably have a transplant before the end of the week. Okay, I kept signing forms and forms. So what I did was I, I, I was there every day. Like I would wake up, go there, arrive at 5 o'clock, leave at 10 when she falls asleep, like for the whole week. Then I think one of the doctor pediatricians came and said, uh, it was Dr. Dr. Zucanen, she said, you know what, she's still bleeding. I don't think it's a good uh, time for her to have a transplant. So I said, okay, you know best. But I think she saw that I understood. She she would ask me ask to calculate the medication and do that. For me, it was important that they kept talking to me and telling me what's happening. Mm. So we waited, and then one day I walked in, and they said, "No, she seems to be getting stronger, and we still think she's still too weak to have a transplant." And so the nurse says to me, "You know what? Sometimes when the children are this sick, we may keep her for six months in hospital." So does she have an iPad? Does she have games? Does she have anything that will like, occupy her? Mm. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. She's got things that will occupy her. So she stayed there. So you see, I was like, like ah, she's going to be there for six months. Mm. Then the, uh, I think two weeks later, she was in high care. The doctor said to me, no, she seems to be doing quite well, although the tra- she's, she's still on the transplant list. But it looks like we will let her go home. I'm like, wow, good news, she's going home. Mm. But then she recovered. She, she Not recovered, obviously, her liver is still damaged. But she, she became herself. I could see she was sick. And Tubby saying we're going to leave it there for now. We're going to come back to you in the next few minutes and continue hearing about this uh, journey that you went on, this traumatic and um, rather sad journey that you've been on as a family and with uh, Lija. It's coming up next. This is all part of our Reach for a Dream with uh, 5FM and Reach for a Dream. 30 dreams in 30 days. We're chatting about uh, her daughter, Lija. So you've been in and out of hospital. You're struggling through all of this. Uh, what else then now, uh, Ntabi Singh? To make matters worse, okay, my mom phoned me. She says, okay, I'm old. My mom was about 78 or something. I'm old. Can they take my liver and give it to my child? Same. Because she's an A, type A. Um, she's, I'm also type A. Mm. They can just open me up and give it to her. I'm like, I told the doctors, my mom says, like, I know, tell your mom you don't do things like that. <laughs> you know? yeah, guess what? When she was uh, uh, released, I think in, it was in November, she was out of hospital. We went and went to visit my mom. She was just sick, not seriously sick. And then she said, I told these people, you know, they can take my leave. I'm like, hey, mom, she said, no. <laughs> we came back. Three days later, my mom got seriously sick and she passed on. 
I was like, oh my God, this woman knew she wanted to give her grandchild her wow. liver. Because they do like live transplant. So she was a nurse, so she knew things like that. But she was like totally against it. You know, she's against it, but at the same, because she knew the consequences, but at the same time, she wanted it to happen. So she was gone with her liver. <laughs> Then she, we then we buried her. The child came back, and she had epilepsy now, and she had to go back. I don't know how many times she's been in and out of hospital. Sure. Oh, the one thing I forgot to tell you about is when we were looking for a live donor. I'm very short, eh? <laughs> very short. <laughs> so it was a joke, and then at the transplant clinic, that I can't, I, like any mother, I wanted to have half of my liver. Mm. But they said, you're too short, it's too dangerous. You can't give her half of your liver. It will put you also at a risk. But it, it was painful for me to see mothers giving their children livers. Mm. I can't because of my height. Mm. So my husband, because he was very tall, was a potential person to give a liver to be a live donor. And then he dies. <laughs> so two livers from that family uh. gone that could have saved her life. Yeah, it's one of those things. But yeah, then she did quite well for some weird reason. Um, I prayed, I prayed so much. I've never prayed so much in my life. I prayed for her that God, you know what, he gave me this child. There's a, there, there's a huge difference between her, her sister and herself. Like, you can't give me a child and just take it away. But, well, if it's your will, let it be. But she recovered. She went back to school. She, okay, she didn't write her exams at the end of the year, but the following year she went to school. She lived on that Back of medication and the medication got decreased and decreased and decreased to the extent that she was taken off the list because she was doing so well. Shame. So for me, I call it a miracle because she went into hospital. She was not going to make it until the following day. But here is this child. She's doing very well. So that's how, that's how we've been living. I think uh, about a year later, she had a relapse and then she got very sick and she was admitted again. But she didn't stay for long. Like, she went to school. She lived a normal life. She liked cheerleading. She became, she went into a cheerleading squad. She played hockey. She was just, we, you know what, we literally even forgot that besides her taking loads of medication in the morning and in the evening, we got to a stage whereby we accepted it, that this is her life and this is what she's going to have. And I think any other year again, how was it last year? She then had a relapse. Because of her low immune system, she got very sick and got into hospital again. She contracted TB. She got into hospital again. Then she had um, her viruses, uh, viruses uh, started way up, like very thin. And one of the signs that they said we should look out for, if if her those best, there was a possibility that she she would die or she'd be in trouble. So she had went in and she got bands like rubber bands around her veins, and so that to prevent that. When she came back, she was so sick. I think that's when that was the time when they realized that she was very sick now. And then she got better. 
He went to a psychologist, he saw a psychologist, because we thought maybe even the father thing, because we didn't deal with it very well. I really don't know how we we cope. I She's the strongest child I've ever come across. I can tell you how she copes. You sound like an incredibly strong and positive mother, and I think she draws a lot of that from you. So that that's exactly how she's coping at the moment. I, I, I really, really, really try to be strong for her. Even when I break down, I, do, I, I really don't want to break down in front of her. I get myself into the bathroom and cry, and then when I get to the hospital, I have the widest smile, we joke. I we I actually don't discuss how sick she is. We don't talk about how sick she is in the house. We don't. You are an angel. Uh, I can't even describe to you the amount of uh, trauma that you've been through in your life and then in the smile and the joy that I can hear in your voice uh, and the positivity <laughs> that you have is just, uh, honestly, I, I'm completely blown away. It's, 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 inc- it's incredible. Um, but I know that um, uh, your daughter's got a dream to, to go to Sun City. This is a big dream that she has. How's this going to make a difference if we send it to Sun City? How, how's she going to feel? I sort of have taken her everywhere. You, you know, when a child is sick, you overcompromise. I've done everything for her. But there was a time when her dad and I, you know, there are times when money is not there, you know, and their father always took them to, on holidays. As long as there's a, holi- there's a holiday, a long weekend, he would try and take them away. But we didn't want them to feel like, okay, we don't have money. So... This one time we we thought, ah, let's take them to Sun City. You know, with when you're a parent, you come up with all sorts of excuses why <laughs> things don't happen the way they expected. Mm-hmm. So we drove in. Uh, I was trying to book a chalet, but for some reason something happened and we couldn't get a chalet. So I thought, ah, let's just go in and then they can have uh, they can play around. And in the end, we drive back home. I could. They were not very happy with that. <laughs> they kept saying, but why are we not staying in the hotel? We're like, you always stay in hotels. I always <laughs> travel with you when I go away for for work. You know, you've stayed in so many hotels. But th- that that's one of the things that she hasn't done locally. I, I overcompensate, I think. <laughs> so I, I, try, <laughs> I try and do everything for them, you know. Because you know what, I never say this to her, and nobody ever says to her this to her. We know we have no guarantee how long she'll live. Mm. We, we really don't know, and we don't know what's gonna happen after the transplant. You, you know, you don't know. You take every day as it comes. Absolutely. I think none of us have any guarantee as to when our time is up. Uh, But we are so, so super excited that she's going to get to go to Sun City. Uh, We know that she's going to love it. And we can't wait to see the pictures from her uh, enjoying the Valley of the Waves and all the coolness that comes with Sun City. And it's good to see a 5FM and reach for a dream. Yep. Because the one thing that I didn't do was to make sure I booked a hotel and she stayed in the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't get me out of trouble with that, because I swear they don't make me forget it. (laughs) And Tavi Seng will definitely do that. Thank you so much for chatting to us this, this morning. Thank you. So there we go, and Tavi Singh uh, on the line chatting to us about Lija. And you can help out by donating just 30 Rand to Reach for a Dream. It's as easy as visiting reachforadream.org.za and clicking on the donate button. Thanks to Woolworths and my school for making this dream come true. Swipe when you shop to help your favorite school or cause at absolutely no cost to you. 5FM supports the centenary celebration of the Nelson Mandela Be the Legacy campaign. 
find the Mediba in you. Catch Ham and Time Monday to Friday and a cup of JT on weekends as we celebrate Youth Month with 30 Dreams in 30 Days on 5FM with Reach for a Dream.